Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Fakala Duma Radio. This is a a corner. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 22. On today's show, which clubs will be hit hardest by this crisis? World Cup bribery controversy and Nurkovic, best chief striker since who? But I am not alone in the studio. I have the one, the only Sean Roberts. How you doing? Slew dog. Magnificent. Thank you. How you, buddy? All good, all good. And we also have the general himself, Tekomorise. How you doing, sir? I'm good and you slew. All good, all good. Uh, we gotta, you know, get our get our vibe upbeat, and so uh, we we need one of Sean's famous jokes. Uh, do you have a joke of the day, sir? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do. Right, where's the best place to shop for a new soccer kit? Where? New Jersey. Wow. I'm stretching, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Just felt cramps a bit. But I'm okay. Well, from that we move on to our first story of the day. And we decided we decided to uh, cover which uh, PSL clubs, or actually not only PSL clubs, but which local football clubs will be hit hardest due to this crisis. Yeah. Uh, and so I figured we would start at the top and work our way down. So let's start with the title race. Of course, Chiefs and Sundowns both uh, still have a shot if you look at the table at earning the reported 39.5 million rand prize money for winning the PSL if either one were to be crowned champion. Um, I'm sure it's the obvious assumption that Chiefs would be looking at that money a lot more uh, with a lot more thirst, I, I, I suppose, than Sundowns. But um, what do you guys think? Looking at the title race, who, who's, who's hit the hardest by this crisis? Well, it's 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 both because uh, Sundowns for sure are still in with the chance. Chiefs, before the crisis came, were sort of struggling with a little bit of a form. But you know, if, if you put the money aside, Slew, there's a lot of bragging rights that come with winning the with the league. Chiefs, we ha- we know they haven't won a, a title or a, a cup in the last five years. This is massive for Chiefs. Sundowns, um, trophy after trophy. So, but in terms of bragging rights, that's what it's all about. They go. Yeah, you're right. You're you're right, Sean. I think um, um, when it, when it comes to especially Kings and Chiefs, looking at exactly. Like what Sean has said, it's been a while since they have won a trophy. And uh, for the fact that, you know, this season they've been, you know, uh, the main conversation on the PSL, um, not because they were playing well, but because of they were on everybody's lips. And uh, they were, at some point, there were 10 points or something like that. So it was it was a very interesting season for Kaiser Chiefs. And it looked like, you know, they're, they're about to achieve what they always wanted to achieve a couple of years now. Mm. And also look at how, how, how it affects them is now the supporters started coming to the games and you know how Kaiser Chiefs fans are once they start winning they come in numbers to the game so that that increases the the ticket the gate takings and that increases also the merchandise how they sell the merchandise as well mm. and the sponsor exposure so when that stops none of those happens so now they get affected besides the actual prize of winning the league but the other revenues that they can actually make start making money off they start being affected and uh, and I think that's that's the major thing as for Sundance you can you can never because sometimes always it's a full stadium whenever they play a big team but when they're not 
irrespective of what form are they in they're not a team that actually packed the stadium but Kaiser Chiefs you know everywhere they go it feels like a home uh, a home game for them so I think for, for me it's more on 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 the fan side on the gate takings the merchandise and the sponsor exposure the money that they have from the sponsors I think that 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 affects their pocket a bit mm, mm. De- definitely and I think if you look at the top three teams for example Chiefs, Sundowns and Pirates so they're the only ones who have um a real concern a real concern when it comes to uh the ticket earnings other clubs mm. have actually come out and said the owners have come out and said it's it's more so the broadcasting rights and and that sort of thing that's going to impact them and i think that's yeah. a nice segue into the relegation battle um really it's a fight for broadcasting rights um and so who 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 gets impacted the most by this i mean amazulu's in the relegation battle black leopards is there i think black leopards are bottom of the table currently and so who who there gets impacted because i'm 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 assuming it's the loser. It's whoever would get relegated, obviously, gets hit the hardest. But now that the season might not even finish, how do you think Black Leopards and Amazulu feel about this entire crisis? Yeah, Slu, also just to carry on what you're saying there, um, I know the PSL has come out and they've said that, well, they haven't said it directly, but each club is sort of okay till the end of May in terms of them receiving their monthly grants. So automatically that puts everyone in a little bit of ease. In terms of the relegation battle, yeah, I mean, if you look at Amazulu and you look at Ajax, I mean, Ajax has got the most to gain and Amazulu's got the most to lose. Um, or, or Swallows in that in that instance, they've got the most to gain. Um, if it, You know, the, the difference in income in terms of broadcasting rights from the NFD all up to the PSL is staggering i mean we spoke about it previously on another podcast in terms of the um the playoff from the uh from the championship into the premier league mm. i think that game's worth over 300 million pounds all in all so that that's oh, the yes. most yeah that's the most expensive game in the world obviously it's not to this level in south africa but you can see now what we're talking about it's sort of make or break and ix can't afford to have another season in the nfd i can tell you that much you're right, Mr. Simon. Are oh, you want to go back to IX and play there? No, no, I'm done. Thanks, but okay. Thanks, oh. but. <laughs> <laughs> so for 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 as for the relegation uh, relegation candidates, I think of course once you number last last, of course we know what's happening to you, but. Mm. But I, it just that I feel sad for, for Amazon, especially after winning the game against Kansas Chiefs. I probably maybe they felt like, you know, this is the right time to actually gain, start gaining momentum because that's something that they've been waiting for the whole season. And then this happens as well. So, but other guys are probably maybe they'll feel like, okay, now at least now it's, it's our actually time to actually look at ourselves and figure out what is it that we can do once the league resumes. Because I've, I've got a strong feeling that it might, it will resume, but once it resumes, it's going to be back to back. So there won't be any time for for team to take rest because it's going to be back to back so that the league can finish so now this is actual time for teams like Amazulu, Black Leopards and Polokwane CT, the Barocas, the cheapest to actually figure figure out what's going to happen to them and how they're actually uh, strategizing on ex- escaping this this relegation battle and as for 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 Ajax and Swallows yeah, look at look at IX, dude. In terms of how they run in the team, you know, with the shoestring budget, mm. you know, with with not so many resources, you know, um, coaches uh, leaving. Dude, everybody leaves. You know, 
people are fighting, there's, there's, there's accusations of bribery, whatever the case, maybe they, they've been through a lot. And then when, when they finally feel like, you know what, since we're a team of a stature that belongs in the PSL, this is our chance. And they've, they've, they've done very well this season. And they, they're a team that actually we're looking at, like they might even get automatic uh, a promotion. But now yeah. this happens, they get affected a lot. So mm. it, to be, so Swallows. Swallows have invested a lot in, in your Lebuha Mokwena, Vuyo Mera, the experienced players, to actually try and also have the young stars, the young and the new owners as well, going back to Dobsonville, playing. There's a lot of investment with the shoestring budget still. So those teams actually do feel like this is they, they've been let down by what's happening right now. So I just hope that with what the PSL is trying to plan, if it continues, let it continue also in NFD at the same time, so that everything when it ends, it ends at the same time, so that we know who gets relegated, we know exactly know who wins the league, who gets promoted. Mm. Uh, yeah, agreed. And uh, just just as a note, looking at the PSL table as it stands right now, Black Leopards are bottom with 20 points, and then it's Barroca, Polokwane City and Amazulu all tied on 23 points. Uh, so a very tight race. But I think the main reason why Amazulu sits so heavy in our minds is all of the controversy that they've had over recent months with the running of the team, uh, players being suspended. Um, and I suppose one, one last question here. I mean, you know, we can touch on Glad Africa again because there's also the question of the 3 million rand prize money, uh, that they, that they have this season as compared to previous ones. But with Amazulu, what do you, what do you make of, the structure of the team, how the players must feel in light, of, in light of recent suspensions. Do you think that this is a time for them to kind of fix everything or does this come at the wrong time for them? So, you know, if we look at Amazulu the past three, four seasons, we, they've been in this conversation every single year, bottom of the league, mm. bottom of the league. So you've got to look at what's actually happening behind the scenes at an administrative point of view. And I know we've spoken mm. at length of this before in a previous podcast, but it's, it's something has to really, really change at the top because, you know, yes, players can do so much, you know, but coaches coming and going, senior players getting banned from the, from the club, you know, and you're looking at those players' names and you've, you've got to say to yourself, there's no way that these players would have done what they've been convicted of doing. Mm. So something is very, very wrong there. But just to answer your question, now is the time to change. They have no choice. Guys are fighting for new contracts. Guys have got families to feed. You know, um, it's, it's, but this is a cross board. Mm. If, if there is a time to change, Whatever's happening at Amazulu, now is the time. And I, I do believe, you know, they've got Monip in charge now as well, who brings a whole different uh, game plan. Um, I, I, I've got a sneaky sus- suspicion they're going to they're gonna stay up. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? You're a nice guy today. Uh, I think, I think with, with Amazulu, uh, I think the biggest problem is trying to stick to the culture itself not trying to move with the times i think they still believe that you know uh, we used to be amazulu of this 1972 type of thing they're still running the team like their fans are this old people they don't understand they need to move with times and this hence you see even the way they sign players the way they've been they've been doing the same thing all over again mm. if you remember there was a point where they signed uh Jerry's Kosana and uh, um, 
Poland and Tanya at the same time to come and play for Amazon. I think Amazon was in relegation at the time. Again. So now this, they, they, yeah, I think those are those. It's always been the trend of of, of Amazon. They never, they never actually believe in the development structure. They never, they they do that, but they don't do that as 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 as, as often. They always want to buy fringe players. They always want to buy players for five, six, seven players, and then every time when they start the season, it's a new team. They mm. always rebuilding. There's no continuity within their team, yeah. and. The, Hence, they find themselves in this situation. They can't be surprised because every season they're rebuilding, they 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 want to buy success instead of being patient. They need to understand that certain teams for to find themselves where they are, it's because of the consistency and it's because it's been a plan for like four or five years. Plan. So Amazulu wants to have a team that will actually try and win the league this season. Next season, they buy 18 players. Those players need to play the whole season. <laughs> now, two coaches. It can't happen like that. Mm. If you're a team of Amazulu structure with a big name like that, with a big following in, in Durban like that. You can't afford to get relegated because you know you're affecting so many people. By doing so, bring in people with fresh minds, new ideas, build a team for five years. Look at the the, the, the age group of the player, the kind of players that you're signing. Have a young coach or have an experienced coach and that understands the plan. That everybody that comes in within the team falls in the plan, not the other way around. I think Amazulu, if they can change those type of things, they might even survive. Mm. They might ha have a fighting chance there. Moving on, we have the international news desk. Some interesting news um, coming out of Germany. So the Bundesliga is back in training, but with a twist. Uh, Munich, uh, Dortmund, Mönchengladbach and Wolfsburg all reportedly uh, showed up for training and they're playing in groups of five but without any contact mm. um, now I haven't seen images from this I, I, I so I wasn't able to see if they have some form of masks I know players generally do have those masks especially when they when they have flu or something like that so I'm hoping they're playing with those but what do you guys make of this news and what do you think it signals to the rest of um, you know the European leagues and maybe even the PSL in terms of how to deal with this crisis Yes, Lou, I think for this, um, for Germany in particular, it's just about, and I think one of the coaches said uh, online last night, it's just nice to see the boys with their, the ball at their feet again, you know. It's not necessarily about fitness tests or whatever. It's just mm. about getting out there, mm. getting the ball at their feet. Um, but Germany is very different to the PSL. They've already gone and said that the Bundesliga will resume by May the 2nd. So that's only three weeks mm. away. And the Dutch League mm. by the 16th of June. So it's a bit longer. Um, but in terms of training... Um, you know, it's a bizarre one. They're obviously not shying together. But, um, you know, it's just about yeah, it's just about getting on the pitch, getting the feel of the ball again, and um, possibly working on a couple of set pieces, but nothing too strenuous. Yeah, and also, uh, 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 Sean, if if you also think about it, those teams have got the facilities to do that. You know, mm. they can they can, they can bring in players in five groups. Even the pitches are five. They can, they can do whatever they want. Mm. The PSO, most of the teams don't even have a training pitch. So, so it's going to be very very difficult for us. And also, what helps them as well is that they've already decided on a date to come back. We haven't. We don't know what's going on. So I think once we know when is the league going to resume, it will be better for teams to start making you know decisions on how to go about it. Because of I think I feel I feel very bad for the players because. At the end of the day, when the 
everything resumes the fans will always remember that hey guys we want to win we don't we don't we don't care that you are quarantined we want to win and the, mm. and the players are the ones actually going to be suffering because of the fitness levels are so low they haven't been doing much you know there's there's so much that you can do at exercising at home but mm. i just feel like i just hope that whenever it comes back whoever that is really chief is really whoever it's not i yeah. I feel sorry for them. I agree. Yeah. Interestingly, I saw this interview with, um, not to change sports, but with LeBron James, where he was speaking about how the NBA should go about coming back in terms of how long you give teams to get fully fit um, for the for the kind of postseason, the bigger matches. Um, he, he suggested, you know, a few weeks of, of uh, non-competitive games and then a few weeks of competitive games and then back to normal. Um, as former players yourselves, um, I'm sure this is a difficult one for you guys to, to answer but how long do you think should be given to teams um in terms of training before the psl officially starts playing matches again yes Lee, i mean you know these circumstances are, are very different you know each preseason we usually used to between six and eight weeks obviously they're not going to get that this time around mm. you know um i think what lebron is saying is is a stretch for psl standards there's no way as we can have six weeks before you know th three weeks of just normal games and three three weeks of competitive games there's no way that's going to happen in the psl mm. um you know best case scenario if the clubs could get two weeks in terms of you know 10 days of high intensity training and a couple of games thrown in there and then the rest of the games to be played behind closed doors i think the psl would have would have won their battle yeah uh for for me, John, I think three weeks will be will be fair because we're not speaking about um, a team that was not active like um, a month and a half ago. Mm. You know, the first two weeks as 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 a team, especially the first week, which is important, is actually to bring the guys gradually. You know, just to remind the body that hey, I'm still active. I think the second week is the one that is very crucial because you can't push the guys too much because you don't want to now start shocking the body and start having injuries. I think three weeks, I think it will be fair because now that's that's that that's what everybody's going to get anyway. So everybody's at a disadvantage whenever they start. But I don't think it will be it will be advisable for teams, especially at, uh, at, at, at this time of the season, to start playing friendlies in between. Mm. You know, you might want to play amongst yourself because you're trying to avoid injuries, you're trying to avoid so much contact. So, but I doubt, I, 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 you know what, Sean, I think that even if when you re even if they can say like now, even if they give us a month to come back, mm. I, don't, I doubt we'll ever have the, I will ever, even see the intensity of the game the way we saw it before before the coronavirus started. I think we're at the momentum that was so exciting. Mm. I think now when you come back, we're going to come back to teams that are still struggling with fitness. They're going to play a game very slowly. It's going to be very technical. It's mm. not going to be exciting anymore. I just hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, I was about to say, I hope you're wrong. I really do hope you're wrong, but I, yeah. I tend to agree with you. I'm sure we have to try and get maybe a fitness specialist on the line to explain because one thing that, uh, you know, the NBA and basketball doesn't have to worry about is uh, something that uh, our soccer players do have to worry about is there's also international fixtures to catch up that involves a lot of travel and also playing those games so close together. Mm. You know, I don't want the league to come back and suddenly everybody's getting injured and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I do yeah. hope, I hope that there's a solid plan in place, uh, but moving swiftly forward, big story. And I think, um, 
I, I recognize this story from years ago, but now it's coming up again because of the Qatar World Cup. But there is bribery controversy again. A new indictment by the United States uh, Department of Justice has revisited the idea of corruption surrounding the 2010 World Cup, and it also singles out Russia and Qatar um, for, for also paying bribes for their World Cup. In this country, bribery, we, we're used to this thing. So, um, <laughs> so what do you guys make of this news? And uh, are you surprised that Russia and Qatar is also involved in the same thing? Oh, I mean, you know, the minute we saw Qatar to host the 2022 World Cup, you automatically thought there's no ways. What's happened here? <laughs> of course. Do you, of course. Do, you, do you know what I mean? What's happened here? So to, to yeah. answer Slu, no, I'm not surprised one, but um, am I surprised there's bribery involved in South Africa hosting World Cup? You know, I want to say yes, I'm surprised, but I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. It's, it's sad. Um, I'm just trying to think of the guy's name. I'm trying to Google the guy, the head of CONCACAF, who was involved in it. Mm. Um, but what's your view, uh, Teko? What's your view on all this? Uh, f- for me, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, f- number one, um, I remember we... we, we we were trying to bid for it and then we lost, I think with one vote at some point. Mm. And then we came back again and we won. Of course, coming uh, to learn that, you know, we're going to host the World Cup is, was great. But I knew for a fact that, you know, we were not ready, number one, to host it. Of course, we did a magnificent job, but we were not ready as a country. We had to start everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. That other people, that other people got paid us. Or they paid other people. I mean, it's South Africa. We know that exists. And to look at, to look at, uh, at, at, now we have to go to Qatar uh, for a World Cup. I mean, really, Chief. I don't even know if there's a league in Qatar. You know? <laughs> and also the conditions from what I've heard. So now they want to build a stadium that has air conditioning and yeah. air what, what. I, I mean, move the tournament to uh, December, January. Dude, you know what I'm saying? So it, it affects the leagues now, but that's what it is. But I guess also with, with FIFA, it's trying to move the World Cups in different, you know, in different continents and all that. We understand that. But also with Russia, Chief, who would say no to Russia? <laughs> who would say no to Russia? Uh, you can't. So so obviously, Chief, whenever there's, there's, there's power, power, there's money. And whenever you give money, Chief, you are, you do have power and we know that this thing, we're all human beings. Human beings are the ones actually in charge of these committees. They can get bribed anytime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think what this speaks to also is I remember when I first heard this $10 million bribe story, I think it must have been about 2015 that I heard this story about the 2010 World Cup. The, the first thing I said is this isn't like South Africa. Yeah, we have corruption and bribery here. We know this, but this isn't a South Africa thing. This is a FIFA thing. People forget yeah. how corrupt FIFA has been FIFA in the past. Mm. Oh, man. It's. It's so sad, hey? Here we are talking about a game that we love and there's still so much going on behind the scenes that breaks my heart. And it's not going to change, Slew, unfortunately. Wherever there's money involved, wherever there's a lot of money involved, there's some shady, shady dealings. First you get the money, then you get the power. I can't remember what movie that's from. (laughs) But um, (laughs) moving on, we have uh, an interesting one. Uh, Tobang Monare and uh, his coach, Gavin Hunt, both have opposing views on what should happen. You know, Tabang uh, was the one who set this whole conversation in motion. He's quoted as saying, look, if the league has to stop now, I think it's only fair to crown the team that is on top of the league table. And then Gavin Hunt came out and said, we have to finish the league. You can't have a situation where you don't finish and give it to a certain team. It doesn't work like that. Then rather just scrap the season. Mm. Uh, I mean, these guys have to sit down and just have a debate, I feel like. 
they're just making unnecessary news, aren't they? I mean, it's uh, yeah, of course. Look, um, I, I agree with the uh, I agree with the coach on this one. Um, I think we we spoke about it at length a week ago, two weeks ago. That I, I do feel that there has to be a result with this league. There's just been too much effort, too much money, um, too much time, too much blood, too much sweat, too much tears involved in this yeah. in this season. And there has to be a winner, however they do it. Um, but they have to play as well. They've got to finish the games. Mm. Yeah, they have to finish the games. Especially, man, you look at this season. It was one of those special seasons. You know, it wasn't just like your normal, normal, regular seasons where you see Mamelodi Sundowns been dominating for the last six years. We saw a different, different side of the league this season. So I think there should be a winner, irrespective of who wins it. Mm. I think obviously we'll remember this season of things that happen in between. But to be fair to everyone, I mean, there's a lot of investment, especially with our feelings. You know how fans are. Mm. So I think it will be fair for everyone if we find out exactly who won and let those people be crowned and who get relegated. Let's let's give them the jersey so that they can reuse them in the NFD. Let me let me add some spice to this story. Do you think maybe the boy Tabang Munare might be angling for a for a big money move? <laughs> well, th- but that's not the way to go, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 yeah, exactly. There's not, that's not the way to go. But there has been talk about uh, Munare going to Chiefs, hasn't it? So um, yeah. interesting, Slew. I never thought of that, but um, it's nice to see Gavin to sort of come back and counteract on what he said. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, Slew, you, you might be right. Looking at the, the uh, George, maybe if it is true that he actually moved to Sundowns, uh, there might be a gap there for 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 another midfielder to to come in. But we all know how Kaiser Chiefs are; they're waiting for you to to be free. They're not going to buy any player that is in it's it's still in contract. So I don't know where that situation of Monara is, but I think is is it's just he must also look at it as if he was in a relegation zone. Because now we're speaking of if the league stops, we need to give it to the people that actually are on top. So what about the ones that are on the bottom when we know that they're trying to gain momentum to come up? What are you saying about them? But I understand his angle as well. Mm. He's trying to put, you know, some little bit of cookies, some little bit of cheese there for the, <laughs> the mouse to come a, through. A I see you, Monare. I see you. See you. See yeah, you. yeah. I mean, maybe he should have said it next year. We all know Chiefs Chiefs might not be able to buy anybody for a couple of years anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we go and see. But uh, we have a feature on this program called The Secret Footballer. Basically, if you look at the back page of our sister uh, publication, Kickoff, uh, they have a secret footballer where a PSL player or a local footballer uh, basically tells a story anonymously. And uh, it's usually our guy, Sean Roberts, who uh, singles these ones out and uh, who do you have or oh, sorry what story do you have for us today my guy yes Lou, I don't know who it is hence the name Secret Footballer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the story goes like this so when the United States women's team spoke about equal pay they were fighting for all our rights as women they went to the World Cup in France and won it and after that they said they wanted equal pay after showing people in their country that they deserve it in the USA the women's national team jerseys sell more than the men's team and they have the right to ask for equal pay but if you look at the South African women's team our level is so poor and amateurish and most fans do not even know who the names of the teams are and the names of the players we don't even have a proper structure of women's football and we don't have the development in the women's game at heart. Bafana Bafana players got more from the African Nations Cup per match than the Banyana Banyana at the FIFA World Cup with the two with the two tournaments cannot even compare. If we are fair, Bafana Bafana players were supposed to get paid less 
because you cannot compare a World Cup with AFCON. World Cup is much bigger, much bigger. Mm. Hmm. It's a it's a tough one. Who is she? <laughs> I have a couple of guesses. I do have a couple of guesses. Yeah. I have a feeling who it is. I'm not going to mention. I have a feeling. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I think you know she sort of answered a question in terms of the intro because it does say that you know the american women sells more shirts than the men's team mm. so in effect they are more marketable than the men's team in effect they should get paid similar or more i agree with that mm. but if you look yeah. at the mm. south african women's setup uh, or lack thereof there is no setup really um of course you can't I understand where they're coming from and I and I I understand our gender equality etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think this is a little bit bigger than in terms of right we go into world cup we want to get paid the same as as the men's uh, it's it's a tough one it's it's a uh, yo oh, I don't know where I stand on this to be honest I'm on the fence it's it's, it's a real <laughs> tough one <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Sean Roberts, being on the fence, hi. I'm the fence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I, I think I understand from a player's point of view when they say they need to be, you know, equal payment and also looking at the tournament and how big the other one is and and all that stuff. I understand that. But also, it's, it's, it's also come back to like uh, the, the the development stuff the infrastructure of just the whole setup of banyana teams because mm. even myself like most of them i don't even know their names i don't even know who they're playing for how dare you uh, mm. no I'm, i'm just being honest I, I, some of them i don't even i know the ones that are probably like prominent names mm. i know those ones but the, most of them i don't even know we don't even know when bafana banyana is playing we probably maybe know two days before mm. you know i don't think they, they 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 put on the platform or they market them enough for actually people to get interested to go watch if you remember there was a team that called amatuk the under 23s mm. dude everywhere you go They'll, they'll market those games. You'll see the buses. I'm like, we always wanted to go watch them. Even yeah. though sometimes at some point we never knew who Serbanganom Vete was or who Simba Marumo was. But we always wanted to go and learn about those players. If they can do that with the Banyana team, they might also inspire other girls to actually try and play the game more seriously and get developed. Or maybe teams themselves and try to have a development start. Because you must understand, having a development in G on its own, it's expensive. Mm. And we do, some, of, some of the teams don't even have the kind of infrastructures. We understand that. But now that's when we ask the league, the SAFA, to get involved. And that's what SAFA is doing. It's got the league on its own. It's, it involves all those ladies that are getting spotted there. Hence, they go, you see them now. There's a little bit of a door open now for them to go overseas, which is great. We just hope that from yeah. day on, there's going to be more of them going overseas. And once that happens, it's going to create a demand for Banyana to actually, uh, for, for the fans to come and see them. Then they become marketable. Then they become brand ambassadors. And then yeah. we can speak about equality. So, so basically, what you're saying, it's a process. It's yeah. a process. Yeah. It, they need to be patient. It can't just happen. Just because you're playing the World Cup against uh, Fiji and then I'm playing <laughs> Afcon against Ghana, it's, it's the same. It's not the same. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> the, the one area where I disagree with the secret footballer here is you can't compare Banyana Banyana to the U.S. women's national team. You can't. Here's the thing. U.S. women's national team was one of the biggest stories in football period last year. They were mm-hmm. as champions and also the fact that one, the, uh, the, the U.S. men's team did not even qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, U.S. women's football team won the FIFA Women's World Cup. And again, you know, there's the shirt sales. I, I'm, uh, if we were to bring up Banyana Banyana shirt sales, let's all be honest here. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not, you know, comparable to, to you know, Persitao Bafana jerseys or, or are you or, telling or, or me Sue, are you telling me that you do not have a Banyana Banyana jersey? I can, I, listen, I can, I can guarantee you I ain't got one. I, I, I wouldn't mind one. I haven't even seen them to be honest though. But um, this is that that that's my only thing. But in terms of everything else, development, we do need to invest because we can't just sit back and have the excuse of like, oh, the men's game is bigger. No, we have to invest in order to make the women's game better. And so um, that's my only point of disagreement: is the U.S. women's national team mm. is already yeah, at that they... point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ima- imagine if we can have like you know we, we do have an Azilale Itiski or whatever I don't know what it's called uh, the MDC games. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Azilale. Imagine if you have the, the 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 ladies teams that are doing that every week. You know the, yeah. that can improve the game, but also it, it's up to the peers also to invest in those type of initiative because of the put money. The unit sponsors for for that to happen. So I think it's going to be a long process. But I think what also gives us that uh, encouragement as well is to see these players, our players, going. To these top countries and not only top countries to buy clothes and what they're going to top teams AC Milan chief mm-hmm. you know that's Benfica. that's that's big mm. that's big dude so I think when once we get more of those players going overseas I think it'll open so many doors agreed moving swiftly forward uh, we have a quick little debate here that I want to spark Samir Nurkovic uh, a masterpiece Sorry? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You've already had your joke of the day, Sean. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but uh, Samir Nurkovic has made a splash since joining Chiefs last August. Uh, he already has 11 goals in the PSL this season. He's in the hunt for the Golden Boot. Obviously, Gabadinho leads the race there. Uh, but um, he has the most goals, I think, in the PSL for Chiefs um, in a single season since Bernard Parker of 20. 14, um, who I think got the golden boot with just 10 goals. I think that was the, one of the lowest scoring seasons for strikers. But um, I, I, I need to ask the question. Nurkovic, who is he the best striker since? And I think we can start with Bernard Parker. Who do you take? Samir Nurkovic at his best or Bernard Parker at his best? Tickle. I think um, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. <laughs> uh, under the bus, I feel. Sure. I, um, look, Chief. I, I, I think these are two different uh, 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 type of strikers. Mm. You know, with two different with, with different strengths and all that stuff. And also, they're playing in two different Kaiser Chiefs teams. Mm. And I think for us to compare, I think the only thing that we can compare them with is just putting the ball. You know, in the back of the net, in terms of how they play, they're two different type of players. Benapaka, you, it's it's not a, a, a big strong guy that will find him in last post and do all the stuff. He always, you know, makes deeper runs. He holds well to the. He's got these own characteristics of how he plays. But but I think, let me add something. Look, I think if Nukovic was a South African 
player right now, the way that he plays, everybody will be speaking about Nukovic being the football of the year. Mm. Because mm. everybody when they speak about Nukovic, they only speak about top goal scorer. They don't understand the guys, how he has played from not known to become um, that effective and that dominant in a team that hasn't won a league in so many years. He had yeah. brought faith into the team. Actually, now, uh, Steve, nobody... Steve Compella actually, um, in a recent article, mentioned Nukovic as a potential player of the season. He was the first uh, coach that I saw name him. Thank you. So uh, the rest, the other ones are on the bench. So Nokovic is is if you have to speak about the players that have been so effective this season, that is that is that have done so much, it's Nokovic and Lebomanya. We mm. can't deny that. We can't. We cannot deny that. And I think the reason why Nokovic is not put on the same pedestal as Lebomanya because Lebomanya is a South African player. We like we, we like promoting our own when it suits us. Mm. But also let's 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 give credit where it's due. Mm. Nokovic has been the very dominant this season, and you could see when Kesechis plays without Nokovic. We haven't seen Kesechis playing without Manyama, of course, in the beginning of the season because he was struggling with him. But now we've seen how 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 Kizuchi struggled without Nokovic and the presence that he has within the team. And now being a footballer of the year, you've been chosen because of the influence that you have. Mm. So now mm. he's an influential player. When he's on the pitch, Kizuchi stand 85 to 90 percent chance of winning the uh, winning the game. So that's the guy that is very dominant. I'll take Nokovic at his top of his game any day. Mm. Sure now. Mm. No, he took the words out of my mouth. It's just. You know, in terms of like a foreign player, an Eastern European player, an Eastern European striker coming into South Africa and make such a an impact that he has is 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 mind-boggling. And I can only really think back to a sort of Brocky when he first arrived as well, when yeah. he made such an immediate impact. And and a lot of credit needs to go to the Chiefs scouting department here because what they've brought in is something fresh, something we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, I do agree with uh, Teko that um, uh, Nurkovic on his day is is unstoppable. Yes, sir. For sure. And, you know, you mentioned foreign strikers coming to the league and making a splash. For Chiefs, the last person to do that really before Nurkovic in the striker role was Knowledge Musona, who scored a 17 back in the 2010-2011 season. And I think here's where it gets real tough. Nurkovic at his best versus Knowledge Musona at his best. Thoughts? Wow. For, for me, for me, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll take, I'll take Nukovic for for the fact that Nukovic is. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen how kids achieves are playing. I've seen him, you know, the way the attitude that he has. Nukovic is just is not just a striker that just wait for the ball and and just link up with the other players. That guy also comes back and defend. Mm. Like he works hard for the team. He's so selfless. Like he he gives himself to the team. He gets yellow cut because he's trying to tackle there. Sometimes I feel like this guy's unnecessary, but it's got that strong mentality. And when you compare that with Mosona and them, those are talented guys. They only rely on the talent and the skill. Nukovic has that's what I'm saying. The Nukovic on his on his on his day, I'll play with him because I know that even if it's 85 minutes, we need five minutes to defend a one a one zero win away. Nukovic will help us to damn and defend. So I'll take Nukovic any day. Yeah, I agree, Teko. I mean, we can, we can go through the list there, uh, Slu. Um, but in terms of the Kaiser Chiefs squad at the moment and how Nurkovic fits into that, that's what we're saying is that he's absolutely yeah. unstoppable and I would choose Nurkovic any day. Okay, I agree there. But going through the list, the next guy we have is Collins and Besuma. And nah, that was stupid. I think 25 goals in a single season. Gents. Mm. Nah. Mm. <laughs> No, that one was stupid. 
<laughs> no, Masuma came here and came here with the gunpoint. And no, Masuma was a was a dominant force. I mean, he was a big guy, you know, powerful shot, and uh, you know that he would just turn and just score, and that was his game. And also, what what helped him as well was you know David Khadebe used to be like a, a guy that actually you know um, good player caused troubles. Yeah, mm. it caused troubles for other teams. Once you're still focusing on David Khadebe's pace, and then. Besumo come through and score those goals but also it, he had a great season and he was very dominant at this time but he wasn't a player like your know, Nukovic structure where you come back and come back and help the team and defend like I'm saying the game has evolved and back then you didn't you didn't need a striker to come back and defend but mm. now because of the game has evolved mm. and with looking at the structure of of, 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 of of Nukovic looking at the type of player that he is compare them with any any player in the PSL that has the same structure and tell me if they have what the work ethic that Nukovic has none of them has. Hmm. Mm. I think Basuma was a lot more selfish in a way. Like like you said, yeah. he didn't have to come tracking back. So um it, it gave him a lot more opportunity to score. I think it was a 24, 25 goals that season. So against you it's it's a good question, but it's very, very difficult to compare in terms of the style of play that was back then and, and the squad that Kaiser Chiefs have and now. The squad, no. Thank you. True. So I guess at the end of the day, we're saying that Nurkovic is really making a run at being one of the most, uh, I guess, individually gifted players um, to have to have donned the jersey. And we're not saying that he's a goat. It's only, it's only been one season. But mm. if he were to continue in this vein, you guys are saying that he has a shot at being one of the best strikers to ever put on this shirt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he if he continues like this the next two three years, without a doubt. I mean, if you can yeah. score 100 goals for Chiefs over the next two, three years, I mean, he will be part of the Hall of Fame. And he, he's that good. And he's, and you know yeah, what? He's, he's, a t- he's a team player. He's, he's a good lad off the field as well. All the boys get along with him. And um, yeah, he's just absolute asset at the moment for Kaiser Chiefs. True, man. I like the fact that he's a team player. And Slew, you'll be surprised of the names I've seen on Kaiser Chiefs' legend list. Yeah? So don't be surprised if Nukovic is there already. Because I've seen guys that scored one goal in their career at Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> but they're yeah, part of the legends. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely yeah, so. put Nukovic, even right now, in the Hall of Fame before, like, Mutaung Jr., for example. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, man. Slew, come on. Put some, res- put some respect on Kaiser Jr. Kaiser Jr. Oh, come on, would you take Kaiser Jr. <laughs> over Nurkovic? No, no, no. I'm not saying, but put some respect <laughs> on the guy. I mean, okay, that's okay, that's okay. his dad's company, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. My bad, my bad. My um, bad. Yeah, but moving on, we got this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. So. Back in 2013, this week in 2013, a pitch invader who assaulted a PSL match referee with a Vuvuzela at a Chiefs Arrows match was granted 500 Rand bail. And the incident caused the PSL to consider fencing the fans off from the field. I think they do that in like Turkey and Brazil as well, where they're just like, nah, you guys have to stay back. We don't trust you. Um, And then uh, this week, back in 2001, Borussia Dortmund and Munich battled to a 1-1 league draw in that match the referee showed 10 yellow cards and two reds to Bayern Munich and then two yellow cards and a red to Dortmund for a single match record for the league 
total of 15 cards. So feisty affair there. And then um, this week back in 2010, AFC Aldermaston were on the wrong end of a new English record after they lost their 40th straight match. And that's funny because also in 1981 this week, Ozer defeated Nantes. Uh, Nantes were on home turf and that ended a five-year home unbeaten run for the hosts. Wow. So... Wow. Hectic ones there. Slew, hey? just just to add in there, the first one you said um, that gentleman who <laughs> who was yeah. granted five hundred ram bail. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I think it was yesterday or the day before that Ronaldinho was granted bail of eighteen million rand. So he's <laughs> he's currently out of jail um, under house arrest, mm. and we are going to watch that closely and see what happens to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, that's an update. We covered that story a couple of weeks back. So Ronaldinho mm. is free. Damn. Uh, Hopefully he's free at last. Free at last. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully he's um, he, he he stays safe. Uh, you know, all of the all of the lockdown stuff will at least keep him out of trouble. I hope for a little bit. Um, and uh, he can't travel, so sorry. I'm saying he can't travel, so he's safe for now. Yeah, he can't travel, he can't do anything. <laughs> um, so, moving swiftly forward, we have a couple of potential transfer stories. First of all, we have uh, Tulani Tlatuayo, a.k.a. Tyson, uh, potentially moving to Pirates. Now, his agent has come out and said he's happy at Vitz. Uh, he's contracted there until 2022 after he signed an, ox- uh, an extension last August. But, um, you know, the Bucks might still be willing to give it a shot. According to TransferMarket.com, Tyson's worth about 26 million rand, especially with this extension. That'll probably be what Vitz around the price range they're looking for. But I'll ask you guys, uh, does the move still make sense to you, Tyson moving to Pirates? Well, it's I can tell you something now. Pirates won't pay. 26 million rand for for Tyson. They won't pay anything near to that. So whether there's a few players thrown in the mix, part of the deal, um, that's we can only wait and see. Um, you know, it's an interesting one. I think Tyson has gone out publicly and said he's always wanted to play for Pirates. Mm. Um, I see him as a Pirates player. He's a he's a very very good player. Um, I know he's, he's you know he can play either right back or central defender. He's a he's captain our country. He's captain Vitz. He'll be a massive loss to Vitz, that's for sure. But also, if you're looking at Bidvest Vitz and what they're doing is how they're cutting costs, who knows, hey? Um, mm. it, 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 for me, sure, it, it still makes sense. I, I don't see why not. Whether it's going to happen is a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this issue's been spoken about for long now. And, uh, and I think, I don't think this time, sure, I'm sure with what Sean is saying about uh, Orlando Pirates will never pay that amount of money for a defender, never, never, and uh, and I think also what what will what will help Tyson if he really really wants to move to 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 Orlando Pirates is when he extended his contract with the Vets. I hope there's a buying out clause mm. in that contract that will help him actually to bounce because I'm sure he had probably maybe ambitions to go overseas or whatever the case might be. So it's important for every player to have a buyout clause. So I'm sure he has it, but I doubt that it's 26, 26 million rands. But if it does happen that he goes to Memphis and uh, to Orlando Pirates, excuse me, um, he'll be a good addition. 
because you need a new face, you know, somebody that will actually help, whether it's Happy Jail or whether it's Nyaos or whoever that is at the back there. Maybe he might be the guy that actually brings confidence in terms of defensive stuff at, 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 uh, at Orlando Pirates. But mm. yet again, the pressure of him moving from Bidvedvets to Orlando Pirates and being the captain of the national team, he must understand what kind of pressure that he's putting himself in. Mm. That's, yeah. not, that's not Vets, that's not Bafana Bafana. That's yeah. a weekly basis where the fans are they want nothing else but wins. And then now somebody needs to be accountable for, for, for the losses. So they're going to pick some. That's, that's Orlando Pirates. They always want one player to be blamed for, for the losses and then everybody else for the wins. So now he needs to understand the kind of pressure if he, it happens that he goes there. So, and for me, if he goes to Orlando uh, Pirates, he shouldn't play right back because once he gets skinned by one player, you know, he gets blamed for one game, he's done. So mm -hmm. he, yeah. he needs to play in a stronger position as a centre-back, be there. It doesn't even necessarily have to captain the team. Just mm -hmm. be a centre-back, do what you're supposed to do, score a couple of goals for for Orlando, for Orlando Pirates, you know, set pieces, be effective, be somebody that contributes to the game. Because, you know, beat Vets, Vets, there's so many things that you can get away with. Because it's not a team that is on the spotlight, it's not a team that everybody actually watches whenever they play. Yeah. But at Orlando Pirates, every game is as important. So you're going to be at the spotlight, you're going to be looked that very very differently so I think it's a challenge that every player needs it's a challenge that every player not every player actually can sustain or even play under but Tyson has a strong heart like Shona said he's a very good player so it's only fair for him to test himself you know playing those type of games week in week out and justify himself as well maybe to other ones that have actually thought that he's not maybe probably a good leader or yeah capable yeah. candidate for being a national team captain so this is the this is the chance but for 26 million mm -hmm. nah stop but playing just to add in there Teko uh, Slu, I could be I stand to be corrected here but I don't think they've Pirates have extended Happy Jelly's stay as yet I know his contract is up um, but the, he does not have a new contract so that's also some you know uh, Sean, what, what do you say? I mean, it's, Sean, it's, at 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 at, at, at uh, that place they call it a park town. At park town, <laughs> when your contract ex yeah, at park town when your contract expires, you don't call and ask. My contract expired. You need to wait. They don't tell you. Mm. Like like chiefs. Yeah, they, they these teams, my, my friend, they are the same. They're from the same cloth. When yeah. your contract expires, you must wait. They'll come and decide and tell you, okay, sharp, we need to renegotiate. Come, let's talk about it. No, especially 100%. when you're long saving, especially when you're long saving member like Happy Gel. Yeah, there's yeah. no way we can't see Happy Gel playing at Amazon. I mean, really, no. we can't <laughs> no, see. No. You know, they so he afford. knows. He knows. He knows because he has seen this happening with so many players before. So when you at that when you at that position, you must understand you're the captain of the team. You need to wait. Yeah, and we, it's not because of probably they they trying to look at Hachai or securing this one. It's because that's how they run things. You've been here for so long, you've been, uh, you 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 are family. You now you're part of family. So let's sort out other ones who come back to you to be the last one because you're family. You know how we run things. Yeah, that's how it is. Fair enough, for sure. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. See how it goes. Obviously, the whole transfer window is going to be affected by by COVID. So we don't even know when these negotiations would be able to start. To be fair, uh, but moving swiftly forward, the the last story we have here is the potential return of Leonardo Castro to Sundowns. He, of course, has yet to extend with Chiefs. His contract expires in June. Um, he has previous connections with Sundowns, used to play there. Apparently, he didn't leave in, like, on good terms, I've heard. Yes, uh, but yes. we'll we'll see. I mean, what, what do you guys make of his potential return? Do you think that he would join Maluleka out the door? Slu... Um... <laughs> We don't know. Nicely put, Slu. Yeah. Um, Slu, in terms of Castro going to Sundowns, 
I honestly feel as long, and I could be wrong, but as long as Pizzo is there, I don't think there will be a chance to come in because what happens if, if you leave on bad terms, which I, I think that happened to Castro, it's going to be very, very difficult to return as long as Pizzo is there. Um, yeah. I, I can't, if he was to stay in South Africa, that's the only club he would go to in terms of what he feels he wants to be paid mm-hmm. and the only team that could really afford him. But um, I highly doubt it. They are looking for a striker, we know that, but I, I don't see it being um, uh, Castro, to be honest. What do you think, Tex? For me, sometimes I look at it this way, like, sure, like, you know, whenever a top player is in the situation where Castro is, and there's always talks that he hasn't he hasn't signed, he hasn't signed, it, it gives me so much courage because the player actually actually knows how much he was his worth. Because mm. sometimes as players, we, we, we tend to sign too quickly because we're so excited that I'm playing for a big team, not understanding how much you're worth. And then it comes you know it comes they and so much money he does but because mm. of you are so excited because you don't know how much you were so I'm, I'm 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 grateful that certain guys are actually doing this sort of it's about time that players you know taken you know they're very taken seriously so mm. i don't see castro going back to to memory sundowns one pizza is still there number two he fought with pizza number three guys he fought with pizza so there's no way that he can go <laughs> back there and actually mm. go and play there because it's you remember i spoke about this the story of you know, uh, reheating the French fries. So yes. This is the same case. So he can't do that. So I think what he's what he's trying to get at 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 case achieves as well is is probably we get the best deal that he could possibly get. Yeah. And then now by doing so, sometimes at case achieves, you know how they are, my friend. You're dealing with people that have been there in this game for so long, and that puts the brand in front of you first. You need to play for the badge first before you think of anything else. Times have changed. Now sure. we're seeing players. Sure. So now you you are Castro, you're looking at Kamos last you're looking at the person that you're actually striking with. You're looking at uh, you're looking at Nukovic. These are the new guys that came into the team. You're looking at them, you're comparing yourself with you, you're comparing the stats. You go to the office like guys, I'm not worth this. I want this. My contract is about to I'm not saying I want to bounce, but can you sort out this thing? This is perfect. I think Castro is in a driver's seat. He needs to stay there, but I don't see him playing for another big team in the country. So Kazi Chiefs actually suits him better. Yeah. Let him stay there. That he didn't get the best deal. For sure. And 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 to add on to what you're saying, Castro is probably looking at the whole situation with their transfer ban and going, I can really squeeze Chiefs for every penny that they're willing to offer me. Like I can I can push this all the way because Chiefs can't afford to let any crucial players go. And so yeah. you know, uh, because they don't know when they'll be able to replace them and they'd have to use youth players, who knows what, what'll happen there. But <clears throat> As we wrap up the car wash, we always look at a car of the week. Sean, la-ba-ba-boom. So we'll stick to our friend Ronaldinho. And Simon off-air asked me how would he have afforded um, his bail. Well, I presume he could have sold one of his 13 cars. So we'll talk about Oof. one of them. Uh, he's got a Rolls-Royce Phantom, a black and yellow one. It looks super oh. sick. Um, designed in England, this four-door V12 eight-speed gearbox sits under the ultra luxury class of cars top speed of 250 kilometers per hour 0 to 105.3 seconds which is still bloody quick for the size of the car the only thing about this is you can't bloody park it it's so big <laughs> um, coming in at a whopping 10 million SA rant oh crazy oh my, mm, mm, mm. Oh crazy. my goodness that is uh, that is hectic. I mean look Ronaldinho of course would have would have bought a lot of a lot of cars during his playing time but i wonder what he had to do to to <laughs> to get like a proper permission from from a dealership to buy that rolls royce because that is um, 
I mean, it's that that's big money right there. You, I think, you know what, Slew? At that level, bud, it's probably sponsored, eh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. like maybe Rolls Royce is just like, look, Ronald, you just drive this car, man. Yeah, take we gotta it. sell some phantoms. <laughs> <laughs> take it. Uh, but um, I think you know. Uh, Ronaldinho being released from prison uh, might be a lot of motivation for other players, but <laughs> if if they haven't been motivated by that, uh, Sean Roberts oh. is also able to give you a quote of the week. <laughs> oh, I love I love your intros; they're getting better and better. So this motivation, I love this one. As it, me personally, I do this every morning in my meditation. So Aubrey Madiba said, "Set a goal so high that it makes sense you want to jump out of bed in the morning." Mm. Damn. I like nice that. one. I like That's that. nice. Very, Thank very you. good. And I so think that you should... wrote that one, Teko. I don't think anyone wrote that for him. I think you. Wrote <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Kikana boy, the one who did, wrote it for him. Well, there you or, go, or, guys. One of his friends wrote it for him. I don't see him writing that Check shit. Check his paper, brother. <laughs> did you know <laughs> well there you go guys if you need some motivation to get out of bed when you're working from home that will do you for the next week at least until we're right back in your eardrums once more but to Sean and Teko thank you very much for joining me this has been episode 22 of the car wash we shall oh. see you when we see you thank you guys yeah, yeah today is a great day for a car wash yeah sure car wash <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Fangana Corn.